0: this week on sonic talk good old music shop browsing whatever happened there it's not all about ebay the making of the audi e-tron electric car engine sound sonicinetic's Neville Library and what the team use for their go-to acoustic sample libraries. Alex Juno's Monopoly Jam, a hotel room remix from ReQ, and boss UK Looper champ Susie Conrad plays us out with a live tune. Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha. Please do check out the O1V96i compact digital console at a music store near you. And by Mac Pro Video. Save 20% on all downloaded video tutorials by visiting sonicstate.com forward slash mpv. That's sonicstate.com forward slash mpv. Hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 263, recording today live on, uh, what day is it today? Is it the 25th of April? That's right, because it was the 18th last week, so therefore must be the 25th today. Um, We're here... uh, recording and streaming live sonicstate.com forward slash live uh, for those of you who perhaps haven't seen the live chat room and the video feed we're all off I want to say uh, thank you very much to all of those in the chat room we've got a good fulsome amount there so thank you very much um and i've got a visitor in the studio with me as well this week uh, we've got mr dave spears who came over from uh his fabulous office to come and show us a little bit about what was going on with iris so he, he's been with us all day nice to have you in here dave how are you doing I'm all well, right, thank you. Well, I sort of know how you're doing, really, because I've been with you all day. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. a stupid question. But yeah. our listeners don't know. So that's probably not such a stupid question. Uh, and I want to also say thank you very much. We have this for a very momentous occasion. Today, we have Mr. PJ Tracy in the house dun, dun, with live video. Dun, dun. PJ Tracy Sound. Uh, I'm guessing, are you in your studio there, PJ? I am. You are. Ah, and you're. Um, so this, this is the new place, right? This is excellent. And what's that SM seven? Yeah, this is an SM seven B. So we've got a bit of a different signal path for you and the video path. So I want to say thank you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. I I trudged uh, backwards in the snow barefoot for a webcam about five (laughs) miles um, and uh, came back to the house, rewired the whole place, um, and set this up just this morning. I did all of this. So, PJ, yeah, I can't. I, I
0: don't know how to thank you. Uh, uh, really, <laughs> uh,
1: but clearly, no. The, I, I feel I feel terrible because the last two times I was on, uh, I attempted heartily to get this working, and for whatever reason, it worked in other Skype test calls that I made. But uh, when uh, joining the podcast video feed, we wouldn't get video. And now, uh, now for uh, it seems to be working just fine.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm very glad you could make it. Uh, PJ Tracy, of course, Emmy-winning composer there in his...
1: uh, That looks like Florentine uh, wallpaper you've got there behind you. Is that uh, correct? It's actually a batik fabric that we are in the midst of replacing. So we're sourcing new fabric and going to cover the back wall with different fabric. Behind there is a bass trap.
0: Ah, okay. Behind me is uh, a large piece of blue cloth. (laughs) <laughs> which <trying>, thats it <laughs> by working on getting actually what we're working on trying to do this is a, a, a somebody may be able to help me here i'm looking for a system that allows me to have like a number of a curtain rail that's going round like this, okay with another section which has maybe three uh or, Three curtain rails so I can move one curtain rail onto the main curtain rail or the other one. So I've got it's effectively a curtain siding so I can bring a different color around and then back onto the siding, switch tracks, bring another one around, but only having one track all the way around. I don't know if that's at all possible, but maybe somebody in the chat room might be able to help me. In the meantime, Rich Hilton in the house. How are you, Rich?
1: <laughs> there we very are. Well.
0: Rich very Hilton. well, thank you. RichHiltonHiltonius.com, uh, of course, um, our uh well it's new is it new hampshire connecticut what am i talking about i've I've lost all i've lost the plot (laughs) connecticut based um music producer engineer works in the private facility of mr rogers as i I like to joke every week there's a fast car waiting to take him away as soon as the show's over to go and make some hits he's that much in
2: demand anyway rich how are you oh good good i'm busy keeping the drivers fed (laughs) and we missed you you've been in japan right Yes, I was in Japan last week. How'd it go? Was great. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. I saw you online,
0: but I'm guessing uh, you were just in the middle of kind of, you said you were doing really long shows and
2: doing a lot of stuff, so busy guy. Well, it's two shows a night in uh, the Tokyo Blue Note, and... Uh, yeah.
0: Takes oh, a lot out of you.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. I think so I we imagine. did. We
0: did have you one one year. You because uh, it's a yearly um, pilgrimage, isn't it? So uh, I think one year you joined us after one of the shows. It was really exciting. And yeah, I we can totally appreciate your need to <laughs> just chill after that level of work. So thank you very
2: much. As I recall, it was an. I didn't return until like an hour after the show was over that night. That was a particularly long day and night. That one.
0: Ah, okay. All right. Gotcha. Right. Now let's see. Let's. Um, no, I think... What's our first topic? I'm just going to have to go to my notes because I haven't really... Right, well, yeah, this was interesting. This was basically... Um, it was an article that Rich Beach, our Amped editor, wrote about... Uh, Good on you know the difference between music shop browsing and ebay you know what is the difference and and, and one of the points that he made which i thought was really quite interesting is you know we now miss or at least i certainly do miss the excitement and the energy of being able to go to a store and discover something that perhaps is undervalued or unknown whereas you see something like that online somebody's going to know about it you're not going to pick up any bargains or find anything unusual unless you know what you're looking for it's kind of hard just to browse unless you're doing one of those kind of uh, just generic auction uh, listings, which just you know, I, I suppose Peter Forrest is the closest we come to it. The uh, Vimea stuff, isn't it? And uh, in, in terms of that, and I just sort of wondered whether or not that you guys actually, do you still get any time to do that kind of thing? I, I'm going to go to Dave first because he's um, he's he's very much a synthy head, and, and still kind of picks up stuff. Yeah. But do you kind of how do you locate that? St- that sort of thing is it just that nobody else wants something like that or is it i mean i don't i don't mean it in that that sense but i mean it's it's so specialized or do you still get the opportunity to to browse and find those kind of things
3: no I, it's weird actually we used to i used to frequent a particular music shop not too far from where i live for years and years actually it was quite, it was a 40 minute drive so it was kind of a bit of a special occasion going over there and you're right you know we we occasionally would stumble across things and we go and we never tried that with this particular instrument or whatever. Effects pedals—that was always the kind of big thing, if I remember rightly. I remember walking out of there with goodness me, an armful of Boss pedals. That I—I I think I'd gone in for a pair of drumsticks, bizarrely <laughs> enough. But I always kind of like that, and I miss—I do miss those days when it. You know, we—if we do eBay stuff, you're, you're right. You know, it's a—it can turn into a bit of a bun fight and what appears at the beginning to be, oh, actually, that's going for a pretty reasonable fr- price, Yeah. can end up being uh, a bit insane. And I'm a bit mad, actually. I kind of do get caught up in those frenzies sometimes. And in fact, only this week, probably the first instrument that we've bought via eBay, it was all my fault, it was nothing to do with Chris, I uh, had a bit of a frenzy, I think it might have been Saturday or Sunday, and I just bought this thing. And then when I looked at the description, it was like, oh, it's actually not saying it's in brilliant condition, and it is saying that certain things are sticking. When it turned up yesterday, I was... Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sad to say we got a bit of a dog.
0: Ah, oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
3: But, you um, know, largely down to me. Had that been in the store, I could have checked it out, gone, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: that's interesting I, I don't know I, I mean I think in the States you still get I mean certainly in LA there are a few places where you can kind of go and they're vintage and rare there's a vintage and rare guitar store in the in Bath where you can go and find pedals and all kinds of stuff I don't know I, I'm guessing Rich you've just come back from Japan have they still got any of those kind of vin, vintage electronic stores over there where you can get um, you know pick up odd synthesizers and things that you uh, that you might find was it in Ripongi? where was what was the there's a, an area of, uh, of Tokyo isn't there that that Always used to be, you know, if anyone was ever going to go to Japan, it'd be like, you've got to go here, you're going to buy something. Akihabara, is it? Ah,
2: okay. I know, Rich. Um, My understanding is that there are, but I I don't go to them. I've never been to one. Ah. So I don't, I actually, uh, though I've been to Japan many times, would not be very good as an expert on these stores, other than to have heard that. Some of them are incredibly well uh, festooned with various synthesizers and such that people enjoy playing. But I don't, I've never been to one.
0: Oh, it's interesting. I know I, because I—that was always because I've only been to Tokyo once, and I always wanted to go. I didn't get a chance to go because we just didn't have it in the schedule. And I really wish I had because it's supposed to be amazing. I mean, you always see all this stuff, and you just think, "Wow, this is so far ahead in terms of electronics as well." You know, like these miniaturized cameras and what have you. But the, the vintage electronics oh, yeah. is a big, a big area. Over there. I, I'm guessing it's yep. probably quite expensive, though. Maybe
2: I don't know. I could be no, completely wrong. No, 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 no. Not for certain things like the, the my rare times doing this, which was long ago. My rare times doing it, I um, ended up spending very reasonable amounts of money for things I needed, like noise-canceling headphones and stuff, certain things you couldn't get in the U.S. at the time. Um, No, no. from the standpoint of shopping for electronics, it's actually a wonderful place to go. But as far as the actual instrument stores, I've not been in any, but I hear that they're very good, and I, I would expect that they would be.
0: Mm. And no, I, I, I just I remember going to New York and going to Manny's and all those kind of places, and that was always quite thrilling as well. But you know, that's it's all kind of changed, I guess, with the online thing. I know, PJ. Do you ever get the chance to to visit the? uh, Are there any music stores like that in your town?
1: Um, We have quite a few that cater to boutique guitars and um, amplifiers and things like that, Um, but nothing anymore that caters to synthesizers. And I'm just old enough to remember when we had several. And when I was in high school, it was kind of of, in junior high. It was one of my favorite things to do to take a bus down to one of our local um, music stores. It was called Torps. And there was an old guy named Harold who had started in the uh, early 1950s selling band instruments and then had sort of moved into electric guitars and kits and microphones and uh, a back room full of synthesizers when, when all of that stuff became commercially viable. And, uh, he always had one or two guys on that knew everything about everything and they were very tolerant. And so they would, they would sit there for, you know, 45 minutes and answer all of my questions and give me all the product literature and, uh, let me play around with the synthesizers. And, uh, I saved my pennies and bought my first synthesizers from Harold, and uh, I miss those places because now all we have is uh, the Guitar Center. So,
0: yeah, I suppose so. I mean, uh, there are there are a few about. It. I mean, one one I did want to play this because uh, I remember this from uh, when we went to Nam in. Um uh, I think it was 2000. This is uh, 2007. We found uh, uh, Jack Waterson at Future Music on Sunset, which has now moved.
2: So I'll we'll just to play a little you. bit of this. Cause Sonic I, State for coming out and visiting me. My name is Jack Watterson, and this is my shop, Future Music in Los Angeles. Come on in, take a look around.
0: He doesn't sell anything that's pre, and welcome, that's post
2: 1983. Sonic State. Late seventies, mid seventies, as uh, the southwest of the United States was getting developed, the concept of the modular school system came in. And part of the modular school system was you would have like a lunch room, and then at a certain point of the day, it would be. Wow, that's
0: actually quite interesting. The uh, I've just noticed that. I'm not going to play that because it's causing uh, uh, blocks with the sound. But um, that was that looks like a three-sided piano there, Dave. Is, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. similar
3: to what you've got in your place with the with the lights above it? It might be. It might that might be. A little, I don't know. It looks a bit more elementary than ours. Ah, I th- I remember seeing the same thing above uh, uh,
0: when uh, during that tour when uh, as you've got the, uh, in your place. And also the other thing, he's got loads of those old kind of Yamaha YS and you know old old school
3: organs and sort of synth hybrids. Just some brilliant yeah, stuff. Yeah, the YC. Was it the YC30? YC thirty? That was the mega thing, wasn't it? Yeah. No, good stuff. Actually, he helped us ship something over from the States. Cool guy. Very cool guy. I do miss those things. My last experience in the States, I think, was we went to New York and we had to check out, we checked out a guitar centre in New York just to see, you know, how M-Audio were doing, selling our stuff. And we had, there was a point of sales display unit in there, and somehow, and I don't know how they'd done this, but they had the monitor, but the monitor was the right way out, but everything, the picture was upside down. We were like, "How do you yeah. do that?" And even the tech guy went, oh, "I don't know." <laughs> but why do you do that? More importantly, yeah, I don't was think it, they was realized, it wrong or true. right. No, it was all very, very <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Let's not go
0: there. I don't know. I, I mean, I know uh, Rich. You used to kind of work in um, in selling synthesizers. Do you, I mean? Do you kind of just buy stuff when you need it? Um, what do you, you know, for instance, when you bought that? What was your the amp that you just bought? Was that not like a boutique find,
2: or did would, did you just have to order that? Well, it's funny because I was going to bring that story up. uh, So it's good that you've asked. Uh, It's an interesting hybrid of both because there's a company that I do business with quite a bit who is who I've been doing business with, but happens to be about an hour from here. And now I've been there once or twice. But um, that wasn't through being there that I they're not my local neighborhood music store to begin with, but I do a lot of business with them. And exclusive of that, I'm shopping around, and I just run a search on this amplifier that I want to take a look for, and I get an eBay link. Now, I typically am not a big eBay guy. I don't love playing the shootout at the end of the match game. It's just not something that interests me. So I go there, and I see one listed for a very, very reasonable price. And the seller are these guys Ah. that I've been doing all this business with. Anyway, so I ring up my guy and I say, hey, you got one of these guys? I'm looking here on eBay and it says you do. And he goes, let me call you back. And they called me back and it's here now.
0: So it's like a hybrid of uh, yeah. both,
2: both. I like that.
0: It worked out that way. What was it again you got? It was a Epiphone Blues Custom 30. That's right. It sounds very nice too, I
2: must it's say. It's gorgeous. I'm really pleased.
0: Uh, there's a place in um, Bath called Vintage and Rare, which is a really nice guitar store, and they've got a lot of stuff there. In fact, I think Rich, recent in his article, he's got his eye on. There's a, there's a Gibson, I forget the name of it, but it's like 19, late 1940s, early 1950s guitar amp that he's going to be picking up, which uh, just sounds really, really nice uh, from what I can tell. So it uh, should be something that uh, we can all look for. But I, a, I, I actually remember having dreams about discovering obscure synthesizers in junk shops. Wow. And you know oh. these, are, I'm, not, I'm definitely remember this and like saying, oh yeah, and, and there's two or three things in there, and there's but there's always something ever so slightly wrong, more wrong than needs to be that I would, so I wouldn't buy it. Just, it's like a recurring dream.
3: I don't know where that comes or from. Or when you go back to buy it, you can never quite find that store.
0: Ah, yeah, maybe that's was a very a, dream thing. That's the kind of sort of thing. Yeah, it's. It, or you always. show up naked. No, I usually that's in real life.
3: <laughs> I I usually have
0: my trousers on. And uh, what was the other thing? And my teeth are fine. <laughs> but apart from that, that's
1: the nature of a confession, though. So uh, say
2: three Rick Wakemans, two Keith Emersons, and uh, genuflect towards Korg,
1: and yeah. you'll
0: be fine. Uh, that's funny. But anyway, yeah, that's one of those recurring dreams. Anyway, let's uh, let's have a look at this. I was I was wondering actually, I might go to uh, these. This the my car doesn't go. Broom, broom topic, because I think that's kind of interesting, so I'm going to hit that, and then maybe we'll go back to the Monopoly, even though I thought it was great. Let's have a look. Okay. And.
4: Rudolf Heltmeyer is a composer. This gas pedal is one of his instruments. When fully depressed, It sounds like this. These are elements of the Audi R8 e-tron sound, currently available in studios only. We had to convince a lot of people that we have to develop uh, something completely new. Helpmeyer creates the sound of the future for Audi in the lab.
0: I'm going to pause it a minute and um, just, and, or at least turn it down a bit. The reason that this I, this is because he's designing the sound of the new car. Right? There's, there's, there's bit, if we jump to the end, we'll actually be able to hear what it sounds like. While at the same time, underscoring its sporty character,
4: this is what the Audi R8
0: e-tron sounds like on the road. actually, that sounds pretty good now. It was much better than all that stuff at the beginning. They got well, it right in the end. That
3: was a it? Tron at the beginning. That, was, that sounded like a Tron on a good day. No, it did. It, did. it, was, it, had, it was like a Tron cello sound. Uh, well,
0: I'm guessing you'll probably know that because your ears are so tuned into
3: that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It was the first thing I was like, oh, yeah, come on then. Is this going to get interesting? Oh, no, he called it an Aldi. Audi- Audi- yeah, Audi- that, what, what's Audi with that? Murphy, go
0: on. <laughs> uh, actually, this is, we've talked about this subject before. Uh, sometime in the dim- distant past, I remember this kind of issue of uh, electric cars don't make any noise, so they, they're trying to come up with noises for them so that people don't get scared by them when they suddenly appear in their field of vision, travelling extremely fast, about to hit them. And it means, you know, in car parks and what have you, they can... Uh, uh, they, they'll they be aware of them coming. And also, I guess if you're driving one, rather than just listening to the sound of the rolling surface, you've got something that makes you feel a bit futuristic and kind of like spaceship. And that sound sounded pretty good to me. I quite like the sound of that.
3: I'd love to have superimposed a really cranky old sound over that though at the end. And then just re-upped it as an eBay video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a Karen car or something.
0: <laughs> which was going to be one of my next questions, actually, which is what... What's I mean? That would be kind of a pretty cool gig, don't you think? To actually have, uh, yeah, ha, to have that gig. I mean, would that be something you'd like to? Do? I mean, imagining Dave with Iris, this would
3: just be perfect. I notice I'm 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 segueing there somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it would it would be really good. I mean, actually, I thought that sounded brilliant at the end because it sounded car-like, but not like sound, a car. Yeah.
0: I wonder whether or not they uh, whether they. Play it out of the sound system or whether it's got its own dedicated sort of sound that you know they must have speakers dotted around the car that send enough of the noise out of you know in uh, to make the passers by notice it's coming. But also, you have to have another set of speakers inside the car to make you feel good about driving the car and making it, it sounding good, and whether you can switch it on or off or turn it down or whatever. I mean, it, yeah, there's all sorts of questions need to, to be asked
3: again, wouldn't you? Because in a city, it's going to be louder.
2: And when you come to a stop like this, it goes, mm. <laughs> I think it should.
0: I mean, I think that, I think that would, um, Oh, Redwood says in the chat room, actually, that some have speakers in the exhaust. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Rob G.S. Says, Actually, that's really close. Rob G.S. says it sounds like a milk float. Now, now I, I just need to, i don't know if everybody knows what a milk float is but you know when you're when you're getting in at four o'clock in the morning after being out clubbing all night and this is something that in the uk they deliver the milk still in the uk and they have to use electric vehicles and you could always hear that kind of and that that's yeah, the sound yeah, yeah. of the milk float they, that's a brilliant just make them all sound like milk floats that'd be quite funny although if you just spent <laughs> I god knows how many grand on an audi uh e-tron <laughs> It's an e-tron as well, so it's, probably yeah, yeah, not, it's a yeah, nod yeah. to the M- m-tron that's, that's, inspired. You that, must have thought. done that purposefully. I, yeah. I, then, you know, it's you're product probably placement not... You're not probably, yeah, exactly. So, uh, mm. e-tron. Dave, you're going to have to buy an Audi
3: e-tron as your next car. No, I said that I'd give them an NFR m-tron if they gave me an e-tron in response. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine how that went down. Yeah, did you
0: get a response? <laughs>
3: oh, if only...
0: No well never mind. anyway I, I i did enjoy that that one That's, so that was um it sounded uh, good though. Rudolf Halbmeier. Yeah. Uh, teamed up with his colleagues Axel Brombach and Dr. Lars Henriksson, And they got to go in a wind tunnel and stuff. And I guess they, they were, what they were probably working on is once they figured out the sound, it was more probably was more about the speaker system and the delivery of that sound. So you could hear it over the rolling noise and you know just general ambient noise without making it intrusive. So it must have been quite a lot of science and involved.
3: A, well, there's an also, also a lot of psychology involved in that. I had to do, uh, this is a million years ago, but we had to fit... Uh, a load of speakers and do a load of sound design stuff for I think it was Chester Zoo on their monorail and that was quite hilarious we had to come up with all sorts of sounds and stuff like that and then the one thing we noticed is that uh, yeah, well, it's kind of like you know you're moving into the monkey enclosure and uh, but the one thing we did we were told about was that blokes only pay attention to female voices they don't pay attention to other male voices so if it's like you know mind the gap which you will always hear as a female voice And we just thought Mm. it would be really funny to get this kind of real fishwife sounding voice in there, which we did, actually. And (laughs) They almost passed it. It was the only job that I've ever been to where when we put in the invoice, the bloke went, you better round that up. Really? Yeah.
1: Mm. That's why it was a million years ago.
3: Wow.
1: You know what I'd like like to see is the ability to stick a flash drive in the dash of the car and and put your own sound. So like ringtones? you could have yeah, own, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, time. so you could have Dave sputtering jalopy. You're driving your new e-tron, and it sounds, yeah. you know, or or you could have um, just a voice droning, "Get out of the way! Get out of the I way!" Want a, I like want something. I want a
3: um, roadrunner.
1: Meet me. Oh, that'd be great. That would be. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Anyway, um, oh, that fun. was, uh, I just, I thought that was kind of a fun one. I know we might have talked about it briefly before, but it'd be a great gig. I mean, I noticed he was using, was he using Logic there? I noticed it looked a little bit like that. Oh, yeah, one of the EQ things, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reverb yeah. spring crash sound, says John O'Wise in the chat room. That is, uh, yeah, I like that. sound. That's so every time you go over one of those kind of speed bump loops, <laughs> you get that kind of, like someone hitting the side, hitting the side of a, 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 a um of oh, a spring three. reverb, that, yeah, I like the sound. Yeah, all sorts of things you can
1: do there, <laughs> or crap
2: and then you hear the guy go, "Wee,
1: wipe out!" <laughs> Just before. Or how you about t- the, the Flintstones bongo sound when they're uh, running? <laughs> when yeah. you're
0: accelerating,
1: <laughs> <Yeah.
4: Absolutely.
0: laughs> that's awesome. <what makes> <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. I mean, I think there's i I've got an entire library of Jetson Anna sounds. And
2: Yeah. I mean, I've got <laughs> the whole library. <laughs> the library
0: once again. Ah, it's a whole new industry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, that's a great idea. I mean, as we said, like for ring, we've got ringtones. So now we can just have engine sounds. So things like, and you could change things like um, what you do when you open the car and you've left your lights on because usually they go boom, boom, boom. But you could set your own sounds for that. You could set your own sounds for the indicator noise. Your
1: door uh, is ajar.
0: <laughs> I've not heard that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> really. Excellent. We could have a lot of fun with it. I really think. Good. And then you
1: could hack other people's cars. That would <laughs> oh, be great. Be the new hacking. Via Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Download sign, sound viruses into people's cars. <laughs> That's <would be> terrible. <laughs> That's a great idea. I like the
0: idea of that. Anyway, and, uh, I also like the idea of um, saying thank you to our advertisers, which I'm going to do that right now so I want to say thank you very much to our sponsor Yamaha they uh, if you're watching the video stream you'll be able to see uh, the lovely um, prepared video we have for the O1V96i which is a 16 in 16 out USB 2 audio streaming compact digital mixer there it is in all it's glory uh, it's got a full suite of VCM effects that means it's got onboard DSP that gives you uh, vintage uh, channel strips vintage stomp effects, master strip, channel strip RevX reverb uh, there's 40 mixing channels, 32 Mono and four stereo, 16 analog and eight digital inputs, eight channel ADAT, which doesn't use up a YJ, YG, a YGDAI slot. You've still got a slot left, so you've got uh, other I/O options. 24-bit, 96k A to D and D 2 A's, eight auxes, eight buses, 100 millimeter motorized faders, four effects, uh, Steinberg QA's. Cubase AI included. Advanced door support. You can use it as a control surface as well. Cubase Noendo Logic comes with, in fact, Cubase AI. Uh, you can link two of them together if 40 channels isn't enough. Um, so you could use it as the basis for quite a large uh, mixing rig. I know and in this time where we're kind of getting out... Uh, you know, into the box, it's really actually great to be able to put your hands on something and, and you know, actually tweak. So, uh, thoroughly recommend you go and try one out at your local Yamaha dealer. If you're in the UK, go to one of the Yamaha Pulse stores, or if in the US, just one of the major dealers should have it. Uh, if you look there on the uh, video, if you're watching the video stream, uh, it's uh, we've created a bit.ly URL which is bit.ly slash 01V96i, and so if you check that out, that's b i t l y slash zero one v nine i and once again we thank yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show so that's us back again uh let's see what's next on the topic uh um ah biblical harp maybe that's what i need right i'm going to play this now you've just got to see the quality of this trailer it's astonishing Perhaps everybody needs a, a Neville Harp for contact. That is uh, from Sonic Kinetic. Uh, it's uh, an instrument that's been around for centuries, uh, and it's just another one of these kind of specialised contact instruments. And they've got a whole bunch of really quite interesting things, actually, here. But the one thing that did strike me about, if you check out all the trailers for their stuff, I mean, this thing's $29. Bucks. Uh, if you looked at the trailer there, that probably had about, I don't know, Fifty grand's worth of CGI and incredible, incredibly advanced kind of fake smoke and light effects. I mean, I don't know who does their trailers, but they should probably get a Bafta or something because the rest of them are really, really quite impressive. And I thoroughly recommend you check those out. But it it got me going really, as thinking was, well, what you know, in terms of you know, I'm guessing we all. use uh unusual libraries to a degree i mean maybe synthesizers and piano, discounting synthesizers and pianos what are the kind of more unusual but satisfying acoustic instrument libraries that we all use and i'm guessing i was going to start with pj because pj is kind of composing for picture quite a lot more perhaps than than i am anyway so pj perhaps you would uh, care to chip in and what what's what have you got that are current favorites in your
1: uh collection oh let's see i use i use so many of them. Um... I really, really like the instruments that are created by um, Sonica Tour. Um, Right. They're a British company that does just fantastic, um, kind of interesting, rare acoustic and electronic instruments. Uh, A couple of my favorites, uh, acoustic uh, libraries from them are the Hang Drum, which Uh, is a collection of, uh, actually, they've... uh, renamed it pan drum because there's a couple of other drums that they've included, uh, which is a collection of um, metal percussion. And uh, it's just beautiful, uh, evocative, deeply sampled, uh, well articulated, uh, great scripting and contact, very easy to use, yet you can, you can really go deep in and get some excellent sounds out of it. Uh, From them also, uh, I have a library called Skidow Stones, and um this is a uh, uh they've um sampled a lithisophone
0: a oh uh, wh- what is, is that
1: it's a gigantic xylophone essentially made out of stone the oh, thing wow. the thing is huge and apparently it it um it's an instrument that was built in France in the 19th century and uh they sampled uh they sampled that very deeply as well with both wooden and mall- and uh, rubber mallets so and with scrapes and lovely kind of evocative little sounds that you can get from that, from that uh, library on a more utilitarian level. I was thinking about this and one of my very favorite um, libraries that I've, I've mentioned this before is uh Efimov, who is a Russian composer has put out a contact library. Two of them. Um, one is steel string guitar and the other is nylon string guitar. And I think the nylon string library is miles ahead of anything else in its class. It's uh, unbelievable however i i do have to warn that if you're ordering at least outside of russia uh, and i've talked to others that that have done this there's there's a little bit of a problem with customer support so uh, right. i would say kind of maybe unfortunately order at your own risk but, but it's, um, it's,
0: once you get it working it sounds great
1: it's great yeah it's unbelievable really
0: that's it. i was just yeah. thinking as you were telling me about the stone uh, xylophone there that uh, i hope Bjork's uh, creative team aren't listening because you could just imagine her I'm wanting to take one of those out on the road because, you know, it'd be one of those instruments that she would have. Can you imagine
1: what the thing would weigh? <laughs> I, would hate to be, I would hate to be the roadies that have to carry that thing around because yeah. it, it literally is like something from the Flintstones. It's just yeah. a, hu- huge. And they have um, actually on the, at least they did a while back, I would imagine they, they tend to be pretty good about archiving this material, but on the um, Sonic Tour site, there's some video. Of this instrument so it's 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 pretty fantastic
3: yeah, have you tried the um ons martin over there pj
1: i have and i love it
3: oh cool i only, yeah, I only I... found out about it the other day so, um, we had a request from a bit of a name muso who wanted a real one so i just kind of put anyone selling an ons martin oh, please let me know and then somebody pointed me to that site and it sounded really good
1: yeah and they've done impulse responses of all the speaker settings oh well, very so. cool oh, yeah so it's really it's you know as far as I know it's really authentic sounding I mean when you compare it to recordings of, of, of the same I've, I've never I've never been in the presence of a real one so excellent
0: brilliant yeah. so um, I'll, I'll come to you then Dave because um, you're there because you this will be really in. quick yeah. <laughs> well, <will> it, <laughs> anything you know I, 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 acoustic no uh, yeah
3: no no I don't I don't uh, no I don't use anything acoustic at all anymore, really, apart from my voice. Right. Okay. But no, that's it. Thank you. And,
0: um, Rich, anything? I mean, because I know you bought a couple of those uh, uh, Hollow Sun things, which I, I guess uh, they're specialised, but they're not really acoustic. I mean, anything of that kind of boutiquey nature in terms of sound that you've discovered that you just kind of really dig for whatever reason.
2: Not on a, gee, you know, try this. It's on a per need basis. Right. I've played choral electric sitar when it was called for, you know, myself, you know, pl- played parts on it or something. In other words, it's what the music tells me to do. And then I go looking for it. I buy the hollow sun kind of stuff. And if I bought this harp, which, by the way, I feel naked without my halo at the moment. But <laughs> if I bought I this it, comes harp, with one. <laughs> it would be for the romance of having it. And for the fact that they took the trouble to do it and they're selling it for 30 bucks. It, it wouldn't be so much because I have a, you know, a driving need for a harp that plays Phrygian or melodic minor or whatever, you know, harmonic minor rather, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's cool. It's, uh, it's cool that they did it. I admire the passion that went into it. And yeah, I thought their video was pretty good. They've got a lot of, um, they do actually have quite a lot of other instruments.
0: Uh, I didn't, I, I meant to, uh, uh, here we go. Yes. I think I've got it here on the web. If I just bring this up here, uh, that's the Neville harp. There's uh the road there's, there's various there's, vo- there's quite a lot of voices uh, what else have we got here um, uh, it's now not going to load up is it I'm gonna, brilliant so I, I crashed it everything
3: N-E-V-E-L. I thought it was like a bloke's name nevel
0: yeah uh, mm-hmm. oh this is uh, you've got to check this one out if you thought that was pretty good now just have a look at this video as well For just, just imagine somebody in After Effects or one of these kind of high end pro, um, video production programs right so I'll just play this and I, I, I might play <laughs> I I'll stop that there because it's it's causing the uh the it to glitch a little bit, but what's that one cost? That one's that one's 49 euros. But I mean, I'm just looking, just looking at the trailer. That probably looks like it cost like about 10,000 euros to make, you know, just in terms of render time or what have you. Anyway, um, some not really nice stuff and lots of uh, vocal things and all sorts of stuff. So do check them out. Sonokinetic.net. Um, uh, let me see. What's next? Uh, oh, yeah, we could go back to the Monopoly thing. This is a, this, I quite like this. This is uh, just something a bit. Mono. Of these. <laughs> a couple more. Let's have a look. Ah, the Lindrum action. That's so cheesy but so spot on i do this i really like that so a chap called um well it's alex juno uh is also uh i don't know it just uh, basically what he's done is he's taken he's made a series of tracks uh at just using the uh, the monopoly obviously there were some extra drums in there but he did he done some other things with uh, the poly 800 which is fabulously cheesy as well but really just nicely crafted and um I, like, I, really, I just really like the idea of this. This is, Again, this comes back to this idea of limitation. The idea of basically just giving you the limitation of one synth and making a track out of it. Um, the Monopoly, I feel, is ideally suited to that. Uh, there's one over there in the corner, just there, but mine doesn't work very well, next to the Jupiter 80. Um, but, I don't know, Dave, if you were to pick one synth... To do that with, I mean, I guess you're going to, it has to have some sort of poly, but it has to be mono as well, maybe, or able to stand up to being used in mono for bass lines and stuff.
3: What would that be then? Oh, it changes on a weekly basis. <laughs> uh, at the minute, I don't know, it's not polyphonic. I don't know. The eight voice is really something that kind of just seems to, I seem to return to it time and time again. Although at the minute, I've, I've really got into this Lisa's Andromeda. Mm. The A six thing, which I like quite a lot. It's got a very strange keyboard on it, and it's ridiculously deep. It's actually a really good instrument to mock up other instruments, but that's completely beside the point. But I, do, but I do like what well, I really. I, I like this a lot actually. I thought this guy was really good, and I do like a bit of dubstep. My nippers into Skrillex in a big way, so much so that when she played. She said listen to this and gave me some headphones. I went, "What are these headphones? They are absolutely appalling." And went straight out and bought her a decent set of headphones. <laughs> and she just comes <laughs> home from school now constantly going, "Hey, check this out." And I'm like, oh, at last we've got some bottom end." Mm. Um but I like that, I that's why I like that analog stuff in that. There's a there's a I've always felt there's a craft to using just one analog instrument for everything as it were, and that's for me what kind of inspires me but that like i say that'll change on a weekly basis i'll pick a synth and go right this week i'm going to use that and, it, and that's not to say that they're expensive
0: just whatever it is that yeah you... yeah i like
3: that challenge i really like that challenge
0: interesting idea i don't, i mean i'm guessing um i don't know rich you probably don't have that luxury so much but i mean you you do have a knowledge of certain of synthesizers uh, that would enable you to kind of maybe make a choice if one was given that limitation where would you start well, the last time I had to do that, it was the memory mug. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: it's, it, it worked for long enough for you to finish a track.
3: <laughs> it wasn't in tune <laughs> by the time we got to the end.
2: Well, not only that, but I was using the sequencer in it. But th- that's a longer story. Uh, that, But today, it's probably contact. Ah, uh, okay.
1: <laughs> because cheating.
2: I just... I let the music tell me what to do, and so I need something that do, does the widest number of possible things. Yeah, and if I've got to choose only one of them, that would be the one.
0: That's an interesting. Yeah, I suppose that is that's bro, bro, um, that's kind of broadening the scope a little. I mean, I'm guessing somebody might say Omnisphere as well, because that's a a, a very broad <laughs> synthesizer, and it's not. It's, I guess it's, virtual is okay. Well, I'm not even talking
2: so much about synthesis in particular, although that too. But just. In general, if I had to work with only one thing, right? Okay, it'd likely be that.
0: That makes yeah. Okay, no, because you've got uh, got the library that, but then you do have to have all the extra libraries and stuff. I I don't use contact at all. In fact, I don't use very much at all. Uh, any kind of sampled instruments. I just haven't got the space. I can't be bothered to kind of carry it around with me, which is very lazy of me. But then I'm not really making any music on a regular basis at all. So most of the sounds that I'm looking at are kind of just crappy old 80s uh, drum machine sounds which or or stuff that I'll make myself on the modular or something else, so it's a bit different. I know, PJ, here's your challenge. What will you be doing with your... uh, uh, What will you be reaching for
1: Well, this brings me back to when I actually was making, you know, pieces of music simply with a four track recorder and a Juno 106 and, uh, kind of makes me hanker after those days. Um, I don't do any of that anymore. Uh, it might be interesting to find a spare uh, couple of days and, and try to do something like that. You know, maybe hook, hook my old Juno up to the sound card and simply write tracks with it and see what happens. Um, and then sort of graduated to, grad, uh, to sequencing the Juno and my N-Sonic ESQ1 together, and then on to several, you know several different s- synthesizers. But like Rich, if I had to pick one tool today, um, I, I would probably go with contact as well, mm. just because it, it allows the widest breadth for whatever you know, whatever the, the brief is. Um, in terms of virtual instruments, um, none of them. Are probably limited enough to, I mean, it's well, not, that's not exactly true. Yeah, I but, know. Are
0: you saying this is you know, less, it's not so much of a limitation, I suppose, really? Is it? Yeah, it's
1: just not. I mean, if you pick one, I mean, you know, pick, pick Dave's in Puskar. I mean, you could, there's just so much you can do with that, with that instrument. And especially, I mean, if you give yourself the limitation of only using one instance of any of these instruments, you might limit yourself a little more. But, uh, You know, moving that—that's not exactly what this guy's doing. So Uh, no,
0: but I quite like the idea that he's actually had to record it track by track, whatever that may be. You know, just doing it that way—that's kind of nice. Yeah, and I actually
1: really, really like that approach. That's—that's a really—I do do that. I I think I've mentioned on a previous podcast that often, um, especially when I'm writing pieces for myself or for or for uh, uh, a piece that's more artist artistically destined. So Mm. if it's if it's going into an installation or is accompanying. Uh, uh, an animation or something like that, I, I will often uh, not sequence a piece and just record it track by track, part by part.
0: Mechanic in the chat room says, for me, a lot of work done turning off the modular and computer and picking up the acoustic guitar, which, in fact, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to, I want to do this because you should really check this guitar out that we've had him for review for a little while. That's going to be really hard to give back. Let's see what this. says see what this sounds like just played up against the mic so i'm just going to play this up against the mic see what it sounds like it's an incredible sounding instrument excuse my playing <laughs>
3: I've not seen one of those before. What does the, what what do those strings do? What's that? What does that hole do in the middle of that big block of wood there? That's
0: <laughs> where you keep your stash.
3: <laughs> that's so kind of I just wanted to play because everybody who's picked that
0: up in the actual um, in in the room or any other place has just basically gone, "Wow, that's a fantastic." That's a Taylor G A eight, by mm. the way. Expensive? Mm. Yes. Ah, okay. It's about. Two thousand quid, I think no, two thousand dollars, so yeah, not not cheap, but anyway, um uh, so, yeah, it does appear that that does come out a little bit, uh, in fact, we had um in the studio uh last week, as I said, uh, we had Miss uh, Susie Conrad, who came in and did a couple of tunes uh-huh. for us, and uh, we're going to play out with that uh just as a teaser because we've got a kind of whole piece she played two songs, and she also then um did a little bit of a chat about the setup and what have you, and she picked it up and just played I was listening to the mics, and she just had a radio mic on, and listening to that just sounded great. So that's, cool. that's an uh, interesting idea
3: about that happening anyway. Um, no, I like this discipline of... In fact, I, 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 I actually, with hindsight, I do have it when I have to do demos for our stuff. You know, it's obviously... Right, try and get as much as you can out of that one instrument. Obviously not one instance, but it's a good challenge. I like it. And I have fond memories of bumming around with a couple of mates with like pj was saying like a juno 106 or juno 60 one of those mad boss effects um like the sample delay pedals yeah and you just do all this stuff in real time in fact that's what i do now so that kind of ties in with the if you're doing the hotel room remix topic it sort of ties in with that because
1: could could dave take a moment to describe his setup he was saying that he does that now. He's are you, you're doing looping and, and live live performance. No, not
3: looping. But um, okay. no,
1: no. What what I'll do is um, I will
3: turn every single thing on in the room. It would you know we'll, we'll deal with a little bit of this hotel room remix, but uh, I will turn everything on in the room, and just set up. Uh, I've fallen in love with that old ARP sequencer just a 16-step, you know, sequencer with sliders and then using that and various um, CV outs and stuff, you can trigger all manner of different things from different synths. And it might not be what it was originally designed to do in some cases, but sometimes you get these really happy accidents and that's it, man. I'm gone for the weekend. You, oh, fantastic. Everyone loses me for the weekend. <laughs> and occasionally I'll put a thing up on Facebook or I'll send something through to Chris and whatnot. Most of the time, it's terrible. Sometimes it's just you just stumble across these happy accidents, but it's just that you know, just turn it all
1: on and go. I think, um, limitations are the key to being creative. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before, but uh, if you if you simply have free reign, um, yeah, obviously, you can create something really cool just by kind of stumbling into it. I i, I love I doing that, but once you kind of Impose some kind of hard limitation around whatever textures you're coming up with. That's when I think real magic happens, and and you're you're actually able to construct something that you might be willing to play for other people. If yeah, 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 no,
3: completely, completely. I think what was it when we talked about it before? Rich said something which was like the limitations, including myself. And actually, it's quite funny because you always look at the gear and go oh okay I've explored the kind of limit of that oh that forces me to do something in a different way but actually when you kind of look at it internally like yourself and go actually I don't play like that so what would be really good is to learn to play like that it's funny I had this conversation with a musician fairly recently and we would ask asked him what what his styles what his style was you know what kind of stuff he writes and he said I don't know it it's all manner of things it's kind of you know whatever influences me that day and I've kind of felt a certain kinship with that. It was like, okay, so I explore that this week and that's what I do. But then I find my limit with that and I try and take something else from another angle and incorporate that. It's all really, it's
1: all fascinating stuff. All part that's of a really that. good, that's a good point, Dave, too, is pushing your limits, You know, learn, you know, going as far as you can with something and saying, well, what is it that I'm, you know, what is it that I'm not quite apprehending here and sort of pushing beyond your limit and and, and Yeah, and
3: I miss that with real, you know, working with musos in the same room. I remember loads of occasions being in the situation where I'd be like, you know, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can, said the other guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on, just go for it, try it. Uh, yeah. And it was always those little things that you kind of walked away from, sort of punched the air moments, really. If you could pull it off, otherwise you just went away and got pissed and embarrassed. <laughs>
0: Uh, let me see so the mod- yeah that was the monopoly showcase by alex juno um a little angry and weird i thought but but good and um I, one thing one little trick on there that i didn't know about was the fact uh, that if you turn the uh, mod waveform sort of so it's between two uh, detents you get this kind of really great, uh, slightly distorted, weird waveform, which I must try. I've never tried that one, so I'm looking forward to for checking it out. But mm. do do have a look online. Uh, do a search on YouTube for Alex Juno. There's a whole bunch of stuff he does. And certainly the Poly 800 has got a real excellent flavour of that kind of slightly cheesy... Um, 80s. 80s vibe. But he seems to get the really... F- so I, I hesitate to use the word fat, but it sounds very authentic, doesn't it? And I wonder how they do that. I'd like to talk
3: to them about it, perhaps. I had this conversation with some a producer in New York the other day who sent me links to some amazing stuff he's producing. And I think it's got this kind of buzzword. The It's called the New York synth sound, but it's all that very kind of talking heads, Profit 5, SYNC, and, and very much those sounds that that guy was using. What's yeah. his name again? Alex? What? Juno. Alex Juno, yeah. Using a cork for... Excellent, Juno.
0: Yeah, exactly. It all seems so wrong, doesn't it? Somehow, Uh, so right. uh, Let's see. We've got one more video to show, so uh, I will play that right now. The sample here. I know it, but I can't place it. Ah, pink. Good call, Jim Jar Jeremy. I'm going to stop, but that was somebody called Riku. Who is uh if I go to the web based in um I think they're based in Finland, and it just does kind of that was that that whole set was done in a hotel room uh, as a final brief which just kind of looked like native instruments machine, something going on, on an ipad i I've contacted them and I'm hopefully they're going to do a little sort of techno breakdown of what they use and what's been going on there, but it just it, it was Such a kind of nice little uh, live set uh, with various different sub And the, uh, what did we say that was? The sample? I've immediately forgotten what it was. Pink. Yeah, so I suppose that was just about, no, that was probably two-thirds, not really 90s. Uh, And I just really quite enjoy it. And the, the fact that it's, it's basically just set up on a coffee table in a hotel room, kind of makes me think, that's that's cool. Again, it comes down to, you know, what's the minimum thing that you'd need to be able to do that? I mean, can you... Just the idea of, like, machine, I'm guessing there's a laptop involved there somewhere, and uh, an iPad. It just seems like a pretty cool
3: little setup. Yeah, it was good. Reminded me... It reminded me of uh, when... When we did the Fatboy years ago, Chris and I, we just... We were in some hotel, and I've got a feeling it was like way out in Burbank or somewhere like that. And uh, we had a couple of laptops, and we just—he just used it on Rebirth, and I put put mine, you know, used, put mine through the SC eighty-eight Pro sound canvas thing. And before we knew it, it was like about three in the morning. I think we'd done quite a lot of whiskey and it was well like one of those really good nights i'm not really particularly melancholic on that but i thought it was really it was just one of those nights where we kind of looked up after about 4 hours and went bloody hell that was good wasn't it It really did remind me of that but like i say you know that's kind of what i do in my room quite a lot it's just right everything on go see where it takes you
0: mm, i think there's i i wonder how much of that was improvised i mean it looked like it must have been there must have been a set of sounds and just kind of go I don't know if I've got the nerve. Do I mean is that a different skill set? I mean is this something that people are doing a little bit more with the ability to have all of these almost I mean it's kind of like almost like music concrete rich isn't it right? I mean that's the sort of way that it used to happen uh, you know with tapes and stuff and you kind of perform the mix and the uh, if I'm right am I am I barking up the right tree or am I a
2: mile off? No um, I'm sp- I think you're spot on there Nick. I think it's a completely new form of expression and uh shall we say, gear management. And uh, uh, I was pretty interested to see this guy working, and I wondered how long his back could possibly hold out working. <laughs> <for him. laughs> no doubt. <laughs> As I said in the chat room, I, after watching him do that for eight minutes, I'm convinced it's an ad for the chiropractic industry. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a, description of, a discussion of which hotel he was in, and I said, four out of five dubsteppers prefer the Hiltons. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, it was a very interesting piece and I love watching guys trying to make creative interest out of these things. Now, I think it's a challenge and like any, uh, mostly improvisational performance art, it lends, it, it leads to a whole range of possible outcomes, some of which will be more desirable than others. Sure. No matter how good you are at it. You'll try well, I guess what we don't know is
0: how many takes that took to get to that one. If you see what I mean, that was that the good one or was that just the one off, you know, you just don't know this kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's the magic of video and television, isn't it? It
2: enables you to it's kind the of hotel be. room tour of Sweden, where they go from hotel room to hotel room. Actually and... hotel
0: rooms in Sweden are, are, are great from my yeah. recollection. Oh yeah. Love, love Sweden. Yeah. But, uh, I, hopefully we're going to get a, a chance to see how he put that together. Uh, and and just sort of check it out, and that's so. I'm looking forward to to doing a little piece with that. I know PJ. I mean, is that something? You know, I'm guessing your instrument is probably you know the piano. I'm guessing for for doing that kind of thing, for improvising ideas and getting a kind of stream of stuff down. Or am I? Because did you not buy machine? Am I correct in assuming you do? No,
1: no, I do have a machine. No, I, I like doing things like this. I I don't have a setup that's quite as compact as this guy does. Um, you know, mine mine it's kind of scattered about my room, but I am um, strongly considering putting something together like this because I've been doing more and more uh, live performing over the last couple of years and uh, want to get into doing some things like this and sort of um, combining, combining this sort of DJ concrete culture with uh, jazz and neoclassicism and that kind of thing. So yeah, I really really appreciate what this guy's doing. It, it looked to me like it's possible that he had machine synced with Ableton Live and he was using um the iPad to drive live with with clips. Right. Although although that I'm not certain about that. And in terms of um, you know, in terms of being accurate with the kind of thing that he's doing, um it's pretty easy to, you know, hard quantize machine and so he's he's adding beats in over the glitchy underbeats that he has and Uh, Obviously live has, you know, several quantizing options and that kind of thing. So I think, I think you can make it as difficult or as simple as you, as you want to, you know, and it's, it's all about preparing. It's all about pre-production.
0: Yeah, I know I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, one thing that did strike us cuz when we had uh, Susie in uh, the we uh, on Friday just watching her doing the performance cuz she uses a, an RC300 I think it's Boss Looper new the new big boss looping system but also switches kind of vocal sounds on a uh, VE20 I think it is you, you'll have to watch the full thing um uh, which will be going up fairly soon but the 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 speed with which she lays something down and then is immediately on top of it it's not like I'm singing it then I have to wait for a bar to orientate myself and kind of know when to come in. she's doing that multiple, multiple layers, and that was what really kind of blew my mind in terms of just the choreography and the speed of the, the speed of you know, the, of light, if you like, the speed of creativity that comes mouth. Of technology to out, uh, but while using technology at the same time, I mean, to watch her, she's kind of doing this incredibly complicated dance routine with like her feet to figure out, you know, where the loops are coming in. I mean, it's was I, I was I think one of the questions I asked her that um, was about, you know, how do you feel after doing like a whole gig of doing this? And she said, I'm absolutely. Done, a, yeah, done in idea. because it's yeah. you know, part of – one side of my head is doing the creative stuff and the other side has got to be totally focused on the, on the kind of you know, the IT management and the technology side. And it's really difficult because it splits you the whole time and so you've really got to concentrate.
1: Did, um, you, did you ask her how often she practices an, an arrangement in a piece – prior well, to taking it out in public or video because i watched several of her youtube performances and she's she's pretty incredible pretty
0: she beautiful. um well i asked her um i did actually ask, ask her um how she nails it and she just said she just rehearses a lot you know just rehearses right. it all the okay. time so to make sure that she and she color codes things to make it second nature so she doesn't have to think so you know just makes it easy and easy for her to work on so sure. uh, that's incredible, and uh, that will be coming up shortly. Um, I'm going to play us out with uh, the little bird tune that she recorded for us. So. You know,
1: one one thing that, um, not not to diminish in any way what's happening with with loop artists, because I th- I think that that in and of itself is an entirely new iteration of this kind of style of of performance that we're talking about, and and a, f- a far more demanding one in my opinion than the thing we witnessed in this video. Um, but one thing that lends itself or lends a musician to probably being at ease with that process is the fact that they're looping over themselves. And so there's an inherent sense of timing and tune and melodic structure that they're familiar, you know, intimately familiar with. And so I think it's more comfortable than say, if you were to pass the hat around the room, several musicians looping and then playing on top of each other, that might take far more rehearsal. Dep- depending on the music. Yeah, I
0: see what you're saying. I mean, if you've ever yeah. watched um, Dub FX do his thing, I mean, he is, I mean, it's amazing because he's just straight. I mean, it's almost like there's just a raw pipe out of his kind of creative glands into the outside world. There's no, there's no uh, impediment. And the technology doesn't seem in any way to, to slow him down. And it's kind of, a, and that's an, inc- an incredibly uh, talented individual from that. There's, there's some shots of him. And there was some other things recently. Um, native instruments posted some stuff using, uh, the tractor F1 controller, I think which has sample pads and all this kind of thing it's just it, it's a whole like you say rich it is it's kind of like a, a it's a whole new old genre isn't it but it's the the enabling factor is the technology is allowing people to use i mean it's kind of mainstream because music concrete's always been kind of fairly abstract and arty i can't think of that many people that are using it in terms of you know chart hits and popular popular stuff i mean there's a few bits and pieces but not really kind of
2: but now it's kind of pretty much there isn't it well and and I was thinking between this and also the uh, Monopoly video that the ability to sync tempo sync things to tempo particularly LFOs and other clock driven events has really opened up creativity for these people because things just work like in the like you know yeah. it's almost hard to imagine a day when you had to think about how to make that happen yeah. and today it you, you can just basically set most devices to auto or midi on tempo and it'll deduce uh, musical subdivisions all on its own. And uh, it plays very heavily into the kinds of things that people are doing these days.
3: That's yeah. always my biggest challenge.
2: When I, when I turn everything
3: on in the room and just go for it, that is the biggest challenge. Is what, keeping the uh, modulations? And yeah, yeah, with or music. at least trying, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. don't you remember, there's the, uh, I think we went to see um, a Schneider's Barrio at one of the music masses, and they just had a big red button which had the clock, and so you hit it, and everything started, and you hit it again, and everything stopped, and it was all synced in, I can't remember what it was called, but it was just a brilliant idea. So they clocked the entire stand. I mean, all these various different boutique um, uh, manufacturers would have their own little divisions, subdivisions of clock that they would work to, or multipliers, or whatever. So, But it was still you know, coming down to the same ultimate tempo. Somebody had control of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Unders use it nice. a lot. Not, that, not the big button, but they had a device made by Kenton Electronics that allowed them to... Uh... That was the kind of main clock, and that allows them to come in and out at a, any particular bar position at any particular point. And that, because obviously everything they do is pretty much improvised, and that was the gizmo. That was the black box that made it possible.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting. Well, yeah. And in 1983, I was using Dr. Click for this purpose with mm. FSK. Dr. Click? Uh, yeah,
3: that you had to start from the beginning of the yeah, song. Well, it's a, yeah, FSK. well, that's uh, FSK. That's not Dr. Click's yeah. fault. But,
2: yeah. but you could generate rhythmically controlled wave, uh, wave shapes.
3: Yeah, Yeah. fantastic.
2: Ah, no, I didn't know that. that, I mean, there's, you know, two of them, by the way. Independent, completely independent wave shape, timing, everything based in the rhythm of what you're running in FSK. Mm.
3: It's just amazing. What was that? I used to, there was a drum click thing, wasn't there? What the hell was that? I can't remember what that was. It would follow the drummer.
0: Uh, So it always got lost. Yeah, I vaguely vague well, didn't the SRC AT used to be able to do that. You could take a click input and it would generate a MIDI time code uh, or tempo information based on a click track. Uh, it was a, I had one until quite recently, SRC AT. It's what we used to use for synchronization and it would but it honestly, it was so incredible it was it was just so overspecified for what I needed it for. <laughs> it was just I never got to the bottom of it. But yeah, you could you could set it up so that it could take some sort of audio trigger, and it would just generate and 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 jam sync between those points, and you know that. Anyway, that's kind of a bit. um, That's that. Really, is a blast of the past, isn't it? Back when things were never in time. Hey, eh? gosh, can you can you remember that? Now everything's always in time, or at least if it's out of time, it's repeated out of time forever. Because that's all and we can. Co-
1: <laughs> the reliability of. Sp- specific clocks i can remember owning several uh workstations whose internal sequencers had clocks that drifted terribly and oh, um yes yeah and so we would always um sync everything to uh an alesis mmt8 because it had a really stable clock and it seemed to do a great job of just sort of driving everything down yeah they
3: were mega though i remember trying to was it it was a cork thing it was a little kind of it was about the size of an ipad actually but it was so loose and sloppy, it was unbelievable <laughs> timing. It was like
0: Wasn't that not the cord loose and sloppy?
3: <laughs> loose and sloppy, too. I think. there's
0: Actually, that's a great. Well, let's have let, what we need is a door plugin called Loose and Sloppy, don't we? So we can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the marketing people having much of a field day with a title like that. But uh, there's a slow title, <laughs> t- yeah. Show was, title right there, Loose and Sloppy. Rule of
2: your delay compensation yeah, in real time. Yeah. Like it applies some sort of random modulation to yeah. your delay compensation.
0: It, it, it's <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah, it's basically an analogizer, but uh, yeah
2: right um I okay. like adding sounds to cars you know yeah I
1: guarantee so. all kinds of phase anomalies in your audio yeah guarantee <laughs> it just to sound really rubbish
2: and remind me of the old days
0: Anyway, folks, um, that was – I think it's probably time to say goodbye um, before before we play us out with uh, Susie Conrad's uh, final um, – well, first song from Susie Conrad. If you want to see the full uh, two songs and um, the interview piece, we did uh, an interview, a song, another bit of interview, sort of gear breakdown and showed us how it did, another song. Uh, that will be up um, in a matter of days. Uh, stay tuned. But um, I want to say, before Susie Conrad plays us out, uh, thank you very much, certainly, for Mr. Dave Spears, for coming down to uh, show us Iris, and also um, for sticking around for the
3: podcast, and hopefully a pint. No, thank you for putting up with me.
0: All right. And also, I want to say thank you very much to PJ Tracy, who is here in video. I'm so pleased, you've finally you've made the podcast complete now. Thank you very much indeed, Oh, PJ.
1: thank you. Thank you. And if I can, let me show you. I'll show you something. If I can. Tell me if you can see this. This is uh, my most recent eBay purchase. Let's see if I can get a shot of it. Today. Ooh! Wow! What's that? Is that a rack of Ooh. Neve stuff? That is what's a Chandler Mini Mixer. Oh! A TG Mini Mixer. Yeah.
0: That looks cute. I like That's those gorgeous. vu meters. Oh no! Oh look, he's just Chandlers everywhere.
2: It's the nine knob compressor. Wow. Yes, it is. <laughs> Two of them.
0: Wow! <laughs> you bet. So which of those things are you going through to make this
2: beautiful sound? Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn, PJ, what are you driving these days?
1: <laughs> I don't drive an it, e-tron. I take the bus. That's how I save
0: my money. <laughs> PJ's driving an e-tron, isn't he? He made the sounds. <laughs> That's why he's got all that lovely stuff. Yeah, exactly. PJ, thank you very much. Anyway, PJTracySound.com. Uh, thank you very much. And we'll also say thank you to Rich Hilton from Hiltonius. Um, that, uh, the, your, your speeding car, your hit-making vehicle, your, the hit taxi. Okay. He's, uh is waiting to take you away, and thank you very much for joining us rich it's been a pleasure
2: uh my pleasure as always i got to go go downstairs and wake the guy who drives the hitmobile
0: yeah that's a great <laughs> idea it's like a stretch limo which has actually got like a little ableton live setup, so he doesn't waste any creative time. you, know, you can work on stuff at this...
2: great idea That's me programming beats all the way through the country roads of Connecticut. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Anyway, thank you very much. That was Sonic Talk number 263. And this is Susie Conrad.